This is Included, the podcast. Conversations toward a greater understanding of the inclusive love of Jesus. Unpacking the mystery and wonder of the Word of God for those seeking an affirming, equitable Salvation Army for others. Thanks for joining. We invite you to take a posture of listening and exploring as we seek together the good news for the whosoever. Well, it's 2023 and we are back for season two of Included the Podcast and in fact the third year of content from the Included team. It's so wonderful to be back. It's so wonderful to be reviewing some of the great uh, content and conversations we've had and also having some great new conversations. My name is Chris Halliday. I'm a Salvation Army officer in Melbourne in Australia and today I'm joined by the always delightful, full of joy, Beth Thinney Gibson, all the way in the UK. Hey, Beth. Hey, uh, season two. Woohoo! <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, we're here. Uh, there was, we are here and such an important time to be re-exploring and also exploring new content for the first time uh, around some of these important issues around what it means to be a church as the Salvation Army that is more inclusive and safe and equitable for people who are gender and sexuality diverse because it is of course a, a pretty big year in the Salvation Army, Beth. Yeah, and it's been a, it's been a big 12 months to be honest. I mean, I was just reminiscing and we started the podcast in July last year, um, and it was just before the International Symposium. And since then, we kind of have been knowing that in the next couple of months, there's going to be the High Council and there's going to be a new international leader. leader. So, and we're having this international conversation, aren't we? And, you know, you're in Australia, I'm in London. We are an international family, and this is a really important fundamental question for us to keep asking ourselves as an international family. Um, about inclusion and um, embracing and there being equity for people who are gender and sexuality diverse. Yeah, it's interesting too because even just since our last podcast season, uh, there's been big changes in in the Christian world around this. You know, the the, the Pope is speaking more boldly and broadly around in inclusion matters uh, in the Catholic Church. The Church of England, of course, uh, has had some big big changes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, you know, there's been lots of talking, um, but actually they they made a decision. Um, I think it's fair to say that those who um, are on both sides of the conversation perhaps are not happy uh, with the outcome that they, you know, it, but um, the church is going to allow blessings for people in same-sex marriages, which, I mean, I I, I just think, yeah, uh, anything to celebrate, you know, might, might be there might be more that we want to see, but equally it makes me think, oh, like the Salvation Army, we feel behind that now and the Anglican Church, the Church of England, which like us is, an, you know, is part of an international family, the Anglican yep. Communion, mm -hmm. um, is is making decisions and perhaps at least is perhaps taking a step into um, a new new direction or new territory. So, yeah, it's been lots happening. So this year we're gearing up as the Salvation Army and people around the world connected to the Salvation Army prepare for the High Council, the election of a new world leader. We're looking at a series of various types of content from the included team. So we've 
regrouped and regathered for the new year. Uh, there's obviously going to be this, the podcast season, um, also some webinars and some prayer events. We have a 24-7 prayer event coming up for the International Day Against Homophobia uh, biphobia, transphobia. It's called Ida Hobbit. Um, it's it, it's going to be a great few months, a, an action-packed few months, Beth, over the next four to six months uh, for the Included team and for those interested in in these sorts of conversations. Definitely. And we just sort of encourage you to keep connecting with each other, with us. You find us on social media and um, we just, yeah, we want to keep the conversation going and creating this safe space for people who are gender and sexuality diverse. And I think what we found, haven't we, is that actually there is so much content actually that we can share. And some of it yep. actually, we had too much content for our last podcast season. Um, and actually we've got some that we hadn't shared that we want to share now, don't we, Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. And it taps right into the theme. So over the next four to six months, the theme we're going to be looking at as a, as a group of Salvationists around the world who were so passionate about this issue and uh, about the people involved in this matter and of course it's 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 the people both inside and outside of the Salvation Army that drive uh, us in in what we're trying to do but looking at what does it mean to be courageous and that will be the theme for us for the next uh, little while so what does it mean for us to be a people who courageously lament what does it mean to be people who can courageously share testimony who can courageously explore this issue who can be about courageous advocacy in your local context or in, in internationally and also and maybe this is the question for some of our leaders what does courageous leadership look like as we head towards the high council and so we start off with a woman who is absolutely an example of courage and uh, this is absolutely a courageous testimony, which I feel leads us all to reflect in, in a, a time of courageous lament, because it, it's a really powerful story. Yeah. Um, it's Noelia Pintos, who is a Salvationist, a, a multi-generational Salvationist, her parents were officers. Um, Probably we won't need to tell her story. She's going to tell it herself. It's a replay from a conversation she had with John Phil Winter in America. So you'll hear John Phil and his fabulous British accent uh, interviewing Noelia. And then at the other end, uh, Beth, you and I, uh, in something that we recorded last year but never quite got to, are going to have some reflection. Amazing to listen to the story. Again, if you're listening to it for the first time, um, please just listen. Have that posture of listening. Let Let's... Um, God speak through this beautiful woman of God. Uh, for this session, I'm joined by Noelia Pintos. She is a Salvationist in Chile. And, um, but I'll just hand it over to Noelia. And, um, Noelia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to the Salvation Army? Well, I'm Argentinian by birth. I was born in, in Buenos Aires, capital city, but I have lived in many other places because my parents are officers. So we moved to Uruguay, to Costa Rica, that's Central America. And now here in Chile, I've been for 22 years, more or less. And my connections to the army is all my life I have been uh, uh, in the army. Um, in different territories, South America East, South America West, Latin America North, 
Um, currently, I attend the Central Court here in Santiago, the Chile, which I haven't attended for the last year and seven months because we're just doing online. Um, and also, I'm the Territorial Projects Officer for South America West for 17 years already. So I do all that has to do with projects, um, with IHQ and different donors. So I deal directly with all the division and commanders here in, in South America West. So that's more or less my relationship with, with the Army. So I think it's fair to say that the Army has been, it's been your life for all of your life. For all of my life, yeah. since I was born at the Army, and I still, with my 42 years, <laughs> I still been involved at the Army. Yeah, I mean, you've got family, worship, career, everything. So obviously the Army is yes. very important to you. The that. Army is very important, and, you know, also working for 17 years already mm-hmm. uh, at the Army. The Army is, is most of what I know. So, yeah. yeah, the Army is where I belong to. It's just in the last years that I have kind of opened up to to, to the rest of the world uh, because of, of the situation of having to leave the, the, the activities itself. But it has been very good to, to know something more and also to see the army from another perspective that may, maybe before it was just everything was so good you know and now to see that okay not everything is so good right now now recently you um you uh, had a video presentation at a symposium in brazil uh, which is kind of what i want to look into and talk about a little bit if you could just let us know what that uh what the purpose of that symposium was and then give us a little brief outline of maybe what the video contained yeah, uh, that, that's impossible. I was invited. I didn't know that Brazil um, has this symposium every year. This actually is the third symposium. I didn't know. Uh, but I was invited because it, it was about gender, race, and homosexualism. Um, it was organized by the Salvation Army, but um, it was not just for the Salvation Army. So most of the participants, like the the guests were from other churches. So it was like uh, with different church um, symposium. Um, yeah, every day was a different topic. So they invite me for the homosexualism because um, I think I was like the only uh, say, like out loud say homosexual salvationist, even though it's not, but I am the only one that have said it and have stayed. So uh, they invited me to have like a first-hand um, presentation. And I think it, that was great. That was very valuable that I was invited to do that. Um, so I recorded this on a video because they speak Portuguese and I don't speak Portuguese. So they need to do the subtitles. And also because for me, it was very difficult to face all these people that I didn't know and in, on an online and live presentation to share my story that's something that is mine so i decided to do on video because it was going to be very very difficult but um finally i had to do it on live and in portuguese because when my presentation was coming all the event was um 
with the hackers they hijacked is that a word mm -hmm. hijacked yes okay so everything collapsed all the event collapsed they shut down and they have to restart again because someone didn't want the video to be shown. Mm -hmm. So finally, I had to do an on life, which I didn't want to, in Portuguese, reading in Portuguese, that is not my language. And it was very difficult for me, sure. very difficult. Um, so, and they tried to, the hackers again, tried to do it when I was doing on live. So that's something that you can see that is not so well uh, accepted. So someone didn't want this to be shared and the testimony to be shared from a first hand, you know, from first hand. So it was a very difficult time, but I think it was at the end um, very good. I felt very supportive by, by my leadership also that they, they asked me to do this. So uh, I felt very supportive, but too overwhelmed when this finished. The response of people was was very good. Um, many messages from the person that was hosting this. He sent me a lot of voicemail that he received from people that they, for example, say, I thought I didn't discriminate people, but now with the testimony, I see what I have caused. So uh, a lot of testimony, a lot of um, people that, finally got it like they saw someone living this it's not that they heard they saw it so um yeah it was very overwhelming uh, it was very difficult to get all these messages all at once from people that i didn't know on messenger on facebook and uh, getting my whatsapp so i feel very overwhelmed for the next like three days i was very nervous actually because all these people writing that i didn't know and i didn't know why they were writing for like with, with which was the purpose you know behind so um yeah it was difficult but i think it was needed it was important um they're still having like the the effects of the videos even though it was many months ago but they still having those effects because officers uh, started to write the leadership in Brazil saying like, okay, what's the position of the Salvation Army? And, you know, uh, start to making some pressure like, okay, what's the position of the army? But you all know what the position of the army is. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it was, it was good. I think it was good to make people uncomfortable and, to see that we are here and we exist and they, yes. we are part of it. Now, yeah, I, know so. that, um, I know that your video is available for people to see it on the included um, YouTube page or not, and on the website, but can you share a little bit about what you shared in the video? Yeah, the video was mainly my testimony about my, my own discovery, you know, my own uh, very difficult situation of trying to deal with me being Christian and being raised by uh, Christian parents, uh, officers, and with everything that I have heard about being homosexual, and then find myself like, okay, I'm homosexual, what should I do, you know, because it's, I'm not supposed to, you know, trying to ask God, like, 
take it out, you know, remove it from me because this is not what it should be. So it was my own process, my own process of loving myself and accepting myself through the many years, 11 years hiding, 11 years of knowing myself, loving myself, understanding myself, and how to deal with my love from God, with my love from my wife. So um, that was the process that I lived, um, understanding that I'm God's creation and he created me this way and, and he loves me this way. So that even, you know, being homosexual doesn't mean that you are like a crazy uh, goat, you know, on the mountain. You know, you, you have to live your life as, as you should live your life, you know, loving who you want, but being how you should be, be living like Christian, how, how Christ wants you to live. So it, it was all my, trans, my process and of accepting, and it was a very long process. Um, also being at the church, being at the church was the most difficult thing, you know, being, feeling worthy to, to continue to be who I am, a Christian person, you know, worshiping and having all these people staring at you. You know, so dealing with that uh, and that process is what is on the video, like accepting myself and uh, evolution, like doing an evolution of what, what you are. Um, and then uh, making the church know that I'm there and I don't have to hide and I don't have to, to uh, pretend who I'm, I am not, you know, and before it was like trying to protect the church from me, you know, trying not to do things that the church wouldn't like me to, to be. But then understanding that, no, it's not that way. The church is open for everyone. I am part of the church. So they should love me for who I am. And I don't have to be trying to protect the church. You know, the church just needs to be inclusive and receive everyone that is there. So that's that's more or less the video and trying to make people know from my own perspective because about you know lgbti many people gets together and talks about it but they don't know really they are not wearing your shoes right. so so i wanted to do something on my own perspective something that no one have told me that's my own testimony you know about the tithing about you know about not being able to participate at the church, but being able to go outside to the social world, but not at the church. And you see all that different, all those different, you know, social work and the church at the army are two completely things. So, um, so that the, the video is more or less um, on my own experience and how I would like, you know, the church also to to understand and to to see that we are just as everyone else and the same person that used to do the brass band, the church, the, the choir, the um, youth sergeant major, it's the same person that is sitting there, right. you know? So that's what I wanted to make people to understand with, with this testimony and with the video that now is going everywhere. <laughs> But and I think it, it, it is a great testimony, and it's um, it's a testimony to 
to not just who your 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 sexual identity is, but also your commitment to the mission of the Salvation Army and your love for the Salvation Army that you are you've kind of endured and you've stayed with it, and you're you're committed to still um, living out the mission, both you know in your work, but also um, as part of the core and and some of the work yeah. that you had done with the League of Mercy that you that you spoke about, and and even the 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 big issue of tithing and how that became um, a very, um, and I encourage people, I don't want to tell everybody what's in there because I really want people to go and see it from your own words, but I think it's very eye-opening um, to just, yeah. um, I, I can see how some people would see that and be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize just how yeah. we were. Because that's the thing. There is so small things that people don't get how much it hurts, you yeah. know, because they just take it for granted, you know, and I used to take things for granted. I have to say it, you know, before when I was hiding on my uniform, um, I took many things from granted. But when you are in the other side of the fence, um, you, there are small things that people do that it really hurts and it really makes you feel outcasted of, you know, of the rest of the people. So, um, yeah, I, I, and, and I say it because this video then it was played also here in the administrative conference in the territory and some of the officers that were not mentioned but were on the video they heard it and they realized just then you know what they have done because it was something that it was maybe so common for someone like no we're going to give you just one receipt but for people that ask that we have been facing so many things to get where you are, you know, to, to now being together, you have to leave many things, you know, for living your life as you want it. So those small things are like a stone and a stone, you know, like, so they don't get it. They don't realize it, but it's just because they don't walk uh, your path, you know, and they're maybe not interested in knowing and yeah. that's the reality you know when something is not affecting you you start just not interested in knowing so that's something that it should change because if we are all part of the church uh, we should be interested absolutely and and i um you, you talked about it being shown in your territory um amongst the administration there and so you, you told me before, there's not really a lot of conversation that's been happening around this topic within the church there. Do you think this is helping that conversation to, to start growing? That's a difficult, that's a difficult one. I think they are just dealing with the video right now. <laughs> so <laughs> starting a conversation, um, I, I think it will take years, ages. Yeah. To, to have a conversation, like honest conversation at the church without being like judging you, but just talking, you know, like conversation where they can hear you and they don't want to convince you, you know, right. a conversation. So for a conversation, I think we are very, uh, yeah, very far from that. So what do you think, and, and even though obviously every long journey starts with a first step, what do you think could be the next steps that the Salvation Army could take or you would like to see the Salvation Army take in moving towards being more affirming and inclusive? 
I have thought that question. And it's a very difficult question because I would like to see many things, mm -hmm. but I have all this year, I have understood that I want many things, but one happened because there is a system in place already that is difficult you know people at the church or officers maybe by themselves they want to do many things to be inclusive but this umbrella that is like the structure uh, is so difficult you know but i think like small things that they can do is being honest and when they say they're inclusive, to be inclusive, but to be fully inclusive, not just inclusive for one thing and not for others. Like I can attend the church, but I cannot participate. Okay, if you're inclusive, you're inclusive, you know? So I think they could start with something so small, like really be transparent in what they are saying, you know? Because uh, as I always say, and always think it's like, is social justice. Uh, I talked to you about this. This you, you, We have a, a social justice commission. Mm -hmm. It's not just what we have to leave at the church. It's not just what we have to leave at the Salvation Army, you know, because, for example, here, um, the church is not going with the culture. The culture here accepts me. Mm -hmm. I can walk with my wife hand by hand in the street. No one has this anything, never. All my neighbors here, they just love us here. You know, uh, we can go to a restaurant, we can get a loan from the bank and being two women. We don't have an issue, but we're still having an issue with the church. So I think they need to go hand by hand with, with you know, the progress that also the, the culture, the country is going, because sometimes they say, no, in these countries it's, it's very bad seeing. No, it's not, you know. It's the reality they see just from their side, from the fence. But it's not the reality that people really live. So uh, going back to your question, uh, it would be so much easier to answer that in Spanish. I don't have all the words. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I want to see so many things. But I, I really want to be, keep with my feet on the ground what I would be able to see. Mm -hmm. And I think they just need to start to be very honest. And being, if they say we are a non-discrimination uh, organization, to start by non-discriminated people that wants to attend church, wants to be part of the worship um, and making their life easier. I think that's what I want to see. And then we can come with all the policies and, we, you know, being officers and accepting gay people as officers and be, being able to marry. That's a big thing. But we need to start little, at least with that. That's what I think. I think that's, that's wonderful because I think we're certainly missing out on a lot of talent, uh, a lot of servanthood, a lot of passion for our mission when we exclude people just based upon their sexuality. Because yeah. you and I, we both know we don't love Jesus any less because of our sexuality. In fact, I think part of it has made us cling to him even more because we've really felt those moments where we need him because we don't feel we have the church, but at least we have Christ. Um, and I think that's a, that's a value that the army is maybe not um, really taking the best advantage of.
Um, yeah. we, all, we all have something. And, and our perspective and how we understand faith in Christ is, is rich and it's deep. Um, and it can really help in, in other areas. I think it gives us a sense of empathy for others, um, which would be useful because so often we're working with vulnerable people. Yeah, that, that's correct. And it's, as I said, um, you know, um, people have left the church for less. Right. You know, and we continue trying to be part of the church. Yes. So, yes. so, you know, sometimes people is like they measure your uh, spiritual life about being LGBTI, but th that's not how spiritual life is measured. Because I said, we have gone through many things and we still being there because, because of our relationship with God. You know, that is like all the time, like you can be like, um, I don't know, they don't accept me and God doesn't accept me. No, you have to be all the time like saying, okay, this is God, this is people, mm. you know? So it's a double work that has to, this consuming, but it has to do with your spiritual life. So, so, um, yeah, I think we deserve to be there because, you know, we, we really want to be there. It's different. Like you have to be there. But we want to be there. So, yeah. I love that. We're still here. We're still, <laughs> that's right, through it all, we're still here. Well, Noelia, I thank you so much for taking time and sharing your story with us. That's wonderful. And um, I know we didn't speak much about your wife, but she also, Salvation <laughs> Army herself, um, the, growing up and work and worship as well. Both of you have such a commitment to the mission of the Salvation Army and to reaching out to people of all backgrounds and, and all types of people, but I think your particular um, uh, status, your sexuality, where you are now really helps you to kind of see where the army needs to be moving. And, and I thank you for your voice. Um, I don't think you're a lone voice where you are, but you're probably one of the very, very few that has really put themselves out there publicly. And I know that that, that can take a toll, that can, that can give you a little bit of anxiety and concern. And so I really do appreciate your courage. I appreciate you speaking up for the community as well as speaking up for the Salvation Army. Um, so yeah. thank you so much. Is there any final words, anything you'd like to, to kind of leave us with uh, from your experience or, or any hopes or prayers that you have? No, I, I think it's, it's that, um, yeah, my, my wife as well, she, she's very committed and, uh, bandmaster and bandmaster from the youth band and choir and everything. But yeah, I think just the final words is that we want to be part and, and there are more people that would like to be part, um, but they don't dare to, to be at the church and they are true about it. And that's, that's sad. Um, but also we don't want to continue losing people because they are, um, you know, the church is losing and losing people because of this. So it, it needs to open the eyes also from the Salvation Army that this is a topic. It's, it, it's something that is important to deal with. Um, but we, it's not that we won't leave the church. We won't leave God because God has never left us. And he will not leave us. So that's the most important for us. You know, um, we would like to continue at the Salvation Army because that's our home. That's what we know. We like brass band. We like all the Salvation Army things. But but God is more important, you know, than everything. So, yeah, we have been the first to say this. And as you say, it's been difficult because we are the first for everything. Like the first that have said it and have stayed, 
-hmm. And now it's the Salvation Army trying to see, to know what, what do we do with these people. Um, but it's good. It's good because it's necessary to start thinking. It's necessary to, yes. to make people uncomfortable and so they can start dealing with it. So I really appreciate the invitation for sharing uh, my, my, my story and sharing this interview. And I really hope that it, it also opens a, an opportunity to start having this in this part of the world that is not so much spoken, that is not much information. I really see on the, the salvos, all the uh, literature and all the you know, the books that is available here, we don't have that much things available. So I, I really would love to see this coming down the, the, the world <laughs> uh, so it can have more conversation and also more people can be included in these kind of topics. But I know this is a first step. So thank you very much. It's a great step. So thank you. Blessings on you and your wife and, and all that you are doing. And um, I would just encourage everybody to keep Noelia and her wife, uh, your wife, Cecilia, Cecilia. Sethi, for, for the friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all friends, right? See, you're um, friends. <laughs> let, let's keep them in prayer. Let's keep them lifted up before the throne of God because it's, it's not easy when you're on your own out there. And once again, thank you so much and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> was John Phil Winter, um, our friend from Included, um, speaking to Noelia. Uh, John Phil's based in um, America, um, but good UK accent, British accent there. So for, originally from the UK. <laughs> How did you find that, Chris? Uh, yeah, challenging again. Uh, you know, we pick up, uh, and it was similar in Kit's story, and in our next episode, we're going to hear two more testimonies as well as we ground this series in story. And in all four cases, uh, and, and we didn't do this on purpose, all four cases, people have been lifelong connected to the Salvation Army. This is their, this is their lifelong church, their lifelong home. It's where they find their, their identity and their sense of self. And in Noelia's uh, story, we heard about how for her, that was so much a part of her identity was participation in every aspect of the Salvation Army. You know, her parents were officers, she was moved around. It was just her life to immerse. Um, and I think that really stuck out for me with, with her story, just this sense that this was something that was her entire life. And yet, as she came to know her full self, and as she lived out who God created her to be as a woman who loves other women and found what so many of us aspire to, right, love and companionship and a, a partner, a, a lifelong partner, that's come with great pain because this church, which is her identity, has excluded her from some aspects. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, as, a, as an employee and from what we can tell, a very valued employee doing incredible work in the projects office where she is well-known throughout South America, having lived and worked in different territories, we acknowledge and accept her skill and her ability. We understand and accept that she's got much to offer the kingdom, but we hold that back and we keep her limited 
in what she can contribute and what she can participate in. And, uh, you know, she's there's a ceiling there, you know, like a, a it's our version. It's the pink ceiling uh, that's, that's keeping her from living out her full potential and, and causing so much trauma. Yeah, I mean, what really hit me was the hypocrisy of who we are as the Salvation Army. You know, and, and I think a lot of the time we've been pushing that, well, we no, we don't discriminate. Anyone can come to our social services, you know, and that's the line we always push. But we can't. We, we need to stop kind of saying, you know, on the one hand, this is this ha- this is a reality. But on the other hand, this is a reality. They don't match up. And there is a lack of authenticity. There is a there is an element of us as an organization of being a bit two-faced. You know, when you've got your employee hat on, everything's fine. But as soon as you're a salvationist, no, like there's a limit. There's there's a there are barriers. And I and that really hit me. And and I I um and that also that recognition that we need to just keep reminding ourselves, you know, we can't stop talking about the LGBT community as if they are an other that's far away. They are part of our family. Yeah. They are yeah. part of our family. And and as 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 she said, you know, if you're part of the church, you should be interested in this topic. You know, we're told that when one part suffers, we all suffer. There is a, a community suffering within our own community. So we should be suffering with it. And and I just, I just kind of, yeah, it just really hit me that until we recognised we are sending mixed messages, until we're recognising this kind of hypocrisy that exists, how, how do we move on? We, we need to be more honest and transparent. That was, she kept on coming back to that. We need to be honest. We need to be transparent. And I think that's what it is. I wonder sometimes whether uh, the people in the in the PR department, and we've all got great friends in the PR department, of course. Um, but I wonder if they realise that we that the the world sees through that spin. You know, the the LGBT community, it particularly understands that there isn't inclusion, that we don't serve the whosoever. Uh, we, we have this saying in the Salvation Army that we meet human needs without discrimination. What about if that human need is to be a part of a church? <laughs> what if that human need is your calling that God has given you to soldiership or officership or participation? And we will say we serve everybody without discrimination making invisible, of course, all of the um, LGBTQ people who have been excluded and who have been had their calling ripped away and who have had to live in the shadows um, and who can't participate fully as they are in the church. And I, I do wonder if we have to get to a point where we say people see it, we, we, people know it's not true, we actually have to be honest. We actually either have to work really hard to change this or we have to say from the outset, you know what? We don't serve everybody equally. We do have this problem that's 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 there that we have to work through. Um, not only are uh, LGBT people sometimes unable to come to the church as their authentic self, we as the army aren't being authentic, uh, and that's going to affect all of us too. Um, I, f- I found it very interesting because we often hear, and actually we're going to talk about this in a future episode as well, we hear that there are some parts of the world where these conversations can't be raised, where the conversations haven't been had and so we can't see progress in other parts of the world like Australia or the UK, for example. 
But we heard there from Noelia that when you offer people the opportunity to talk, they take it up and they actually don't have, it's not an issue. She hasn't really been uh, persecuted or attacked because of her coming out. She's found acceptance and she's found more people wanting to talk. Now, of course, there were hackers, we heard, who tried to stop her uh, testimony, which is something quite remarkable. Um, but people are open, people that we might not expect in countries we might not expect are open and are happy to have this dialogue. We see it time and time again. As soon as people hear stories, they get to know people and it stops being an abstract issue. Your proximity to the issue, it, you know, it's it's someone you know, it's someone you love, it's someone who is you recognise as part of the Salvation Army. Like, suddenly it's not an abstract issue. And that does then follow on that there is change. But see, the problem I have in my head is this chicken and egg situation um, whereby... As we say, we, there's a need for the organisation to be transparent and honest and and to lament the hurt we've caused, to recognise it, to name it and to say sorry. And there's a need to hear stories and understand the people. And I can see this kind of chicken and egg situation whereby um, hearing the stories will lead us to lament and say sorry because we will recognise the hurt that we have caused. But how can we expect people to share their stories if we haven't created a safe place? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, and, and, and I, I don't know how to square that um, as an ally. Again, I perhaps just feel that, that calling for me to create those safe spaces. Um, and, and not everyone can, we shouldn't expect everyone to share their story. Why, why should I expect every member of the LGBT community to share their story? Like, if I, you know, that, that is not for me to do, but where they do, I need to create that, I need to create that safe space. Um, but I do see this cycle, this, this chicken and egg situation, um, that as more people start to share their stories, we need, we need to keep even louder saying sorry and lamenting. That is an important part of this, I think. Absolutely. And there are voices that have been kept quiet for far too long and have been sort of put in a push to the side. And so it's wonderful that we have some platforms and obviously included is one of those that we've tried to create to, to raise up some of those stories. Um, but those stories have been kept in the, in the shadows for a long time. And it's meant that, as you say, people haven't had the proximity. So there hasn't necessarily been the need to address this while the rest of society has been having these conversations as friends and brothers and colleagues and co-students come out and live proudly and happily and openly. And we see that the world doesn't fall apart. Um, we, we have we have suppressed those stories and not allowed them space to be raised up uh, and not allowed people to live authentically, which meant that we've been living in a bubble in a way and not having to address this yet. Uh, and actually, I think, as uh, Kit said, um, you know, we're 30, 30 years too late on this. Uh, the rest of yeah. the world has had this, or in our part of the world anyway, had this conversation over the past three decades. Um, yeah. We need to raise those up. So that was Chris and myself um, reflecting on Noelia's story. Um, we recorded that. Last year sometime, as I say, we had too much content for season one. So we held that one back and thought we'd kickstart this new season with that amazing, powerful testimony and, and our thoughts on it. Um, and actually, testimony, storytelling, that is such an important part of what um, we we want to kind of do as, as part of the included um, team. And perhaps you were listening to Noelia and you thought, actually, I've got a story to share. And I need a safe space to share it in. Um, and perhaps you might be 
take this opportunity to actually reach out to us um, and we can talk about that some more and, and explore that some more. So, Chris, how could someone get in touch with us? Absolutely. And also, it may be not necessarily that you want to share your story publicly, but you've got a story that's similar to Noelia's or that there's been something in her conversation that's led you to feel uh, that that there's something you want to explore with others or or, or share or lament. Um, and so if you want a private conversation, we've got a great uh, group of people, a great network of people around the world that we can connect you in with um, in in yeah, basically on every continent, we have supportive, uh, compassionate allies who we can link you up with if you want someone to talk to or to debrief about some of what you've heard, or if there is a story you want to share. And get in touch with us on the socials, of course, on Facebook at Included page and our website of course which is i haven't said that for so long i almost forgot <laughs> www.includedpage.com you can find us there and there's a connect now button yeah our email is team at included page.com and so yeah we want to be do the young and do the young and still use email the young people still use i mean not just we're, i'm expecting people of all ages will contact us uh but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've signed up to a fair, well, I'm not young, though. Sorry, no, yeah, I forget that I'm now over 30. I don't think I can be, yeah, no, sorry. I mean, I was to say, I, I signed up to mailing lists. Um, okay. I'm on the Jamie Oliver, the British chef, I'm on his mailing list. <laughs> Um, well, I, however I, you want to contact us, you can do it. And if it is generationally appropriate, send us an email. <laughs> Definitely. And so, yeah, we're, we're here for you if, if you need someone to talk to or you want to share your story. But equally, if you want to get involved and play perhaps a more practical role in, in um, the conversations towards um, a more equitable Salvation Army, um, we want to hear from you. So if you've got yeah. time, if you've got some skills, we'd love to hear from you, particularly content creators, digital and um, web editors, um, podcast and webinar producers, musicians, tech gurus, research creators and passionate prayers. Please get in touch. Team at includedpage.com. The included team is just a group of people who are passionate about inclusion in the Salvation Army. Um, so if you've got something that you can offer, we'd love a conversation um, for this growing movement, this growing team. Absolutely. It's, you know, really everything we're doing is just about trying to resource and equip others who are passionate about this. So it's just about pr producing content or sparking thoughts or conversations or providing resources uh, and, and, you know, research, a platform for people to explore and, uh, and yeah, discover more about this issue. But please get in touch. As you heard from Beth, so many opportunities uh, to get involved. Uh, it's been great talking to you, Beth. We'll probably chat again at some point over the next few months with some other interviews. Yeah, can't wait, Chris. Um, until next time. See you. Bye.